When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Rachel. We're the creators of Plant School. Rachel's going to be teaching me, a plant novice, everything I need to know about plants, plant care, and gardening, all in a way that anyone can understand. Yeah, whether you have never touched a plant or you consider yourself an expert and you want to just learn more, this podcast is for you. And though it sounds simple, there's actually a lot to cover. So what are you waiting for? Join Join us us in in Plant plant School. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Plant School. Today we will be going over the alocasia... Alocasia, we even practiced this and I still can't pronounce it. Well, alocasia you know, care guide. Before we practice, I'm pretty sure I said alocasia, so that's really wrong. I think it's alocasia. I'm not sure. We're not sure. I don't know if anybody really cares, but we're going to say alocasia because that's what we learned. But this episode was inspired by Glenn. You can find her on Instagram at root of all things. And she asked us because she said that she has a xanthosoma variegatus, which is, I didn't know this until I looked it up, but it's actually a very rare um, species of alocasia. And when I looked up prices, like the top price just for a very small one was $49, which is like, I don't know, to me, I felt like that was pretty expensive for just a house plant. Um, a lot of the ones I have are just very common and they aren't very rare like this. So I thought it was kind of cool that she has this and hopefully us going over how to care for alocasias. We're not just going over her specific um, one that she had, but hopefully going over just um, the generals of this plant will be able to help her or you if you have an alocasia yourself. Gotcha. So what exactly are these plants? I know you mentioned a little bit about them, but what are alocasias? Yeah, so they are a member of the Arum family. They grow in tropical rainforests of normally Southeast Asia. They are also known as as a common name of elephant's ear. Um, it's called that for its very large patterned leaves. Um, alocasia means it... Uh, what's the word? It translates. That's what I was looking for. It translates to meaning the tree that grows up to the heavens. And it's said to be the plant that all the Western and Eastern versions of the fairy tale Jack and the Beanstalk 
kind of relate back to. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. I thought it was a beanstalk that they were talking about. I know. Yeah. But apparently <laughs> so a lot of people Jack think it's... Jack and the Alocasia? Yeah. We need to change it. We should write our book. Yeah. Not Jack and the Beanstalk, but Jack and the Alocasia. Yeah. But people might struggle to pronounce it like we do. Yeah, and they won't catch on. <laughs> I don't so, read books that I can't pronounce the name of. So. Yeah. So it's particularly particularly common in Borneo. That's an Asian island. And it has been used as food in that area for... And not just in Borneo, but for those living around the equator for over 28,000 years. And they usually would eat um, the stems or the tubers of this plant because it grows from a tuber. Sam, do you know what a tuber is? Yeah, it's those people who make videos on the internet and make a lot of money. YouTuber? No, you sound like an old man. <laughs> You're one of those tubers. Oh, it's those people who get pulled behind a boat. A tuber? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, but not that kind of tuber. Um, no, that's all I'm going to think of when I think of the word tuber. Oh, it's someone who plays the tuba. Oh my gosh, no. Is that a real thing? No, I don't know. What would you call someone who plays the tuba? A tubist. A tubist? <laughs> I don't know. Tuba player, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Tuber. <laughs> Tuber. Yeah, yeah Tuber. Yeah. Anyways, it's not a little man who plays a tuba well, that your alocasia is growing out of. A big woman. You said a little man with a big woman. Okay. You know. Not every little man plays a tuba. You're right. That was very. Not every tuba player is a little man, I guess. Yeah. That was not very educated yeah. of me to assume that, huh? Yeah. Okay. It's not a tiny, not not any size person. In your soil. <laughs> a tuber is a thickened stem or rhizome underground. You can kind of think uh, a potato. A potato is a tuber. Um, that doesn't mean... That's a tater. Stop it. No, it's a tuber. It's a tuberous root. Anyways, um, let's move out of these tubers. Just know that an alocasia grows from tuberous roots. That's going to be a little bit important later on as we talk about propagation and how we can do that when our plant has these tuberous roots. Um, just so you know, I mentioned that they had been um, used for food. They are not edible today. They've kind of been bred from those original versions that were eaten to be more decorative plants. They're their roots won't do much for you if you go in and try and eat them. So please don't do that. I actually heard that it can kind of cause some inflammation. Um, that, yeah, it's just not a great, a great thing to be eating. These plants became very popular in the 1950s and they've kind of stayed around um, to today. And there's over 80 different species of alocasias. And so I know that I can't, you know, go through every specific species. So the things I will be saying here on this podcast to care for them are very generalized to alocasias, but they should apply to most all of them. We're going to take the next year and a half of podcast episodes <laughs> and go over each species in each episode. That would be such a thrilling podcast. Yep. Ooh. The alocasia school. All right. Um... So are these pretty easy plants to take care of? High maintenance, low maintenance, medium maintenance, 
supremely high maintenance. <laughs> so I would say like medium to low. When I was researching it, a lot of people said that they were low maintenance. Um, I got one a couple weeks ago for <clears throat> your research purposes because I didn't have one. I'm sure Sam is thrilled to have a new plant I'm just fine in our living that. room. What? I haven't been in our living room. For you have <laughs> to stop. But I would say medium to low. Maybe I say medium because it's new to me and I'm a little like frightened of can I keep this thing alive. But most people would say low maintenance. If it's medium for you, it's really high maintenance for me. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe because you haven't touched that snake plant we got you. And is it alive? Ago. Is it doing well? It's doing yeah, great. because giving it the same treatment. Just no. Okay, you can get away with giving it Sam treatment because you have Rachel as your wife who goes <laughs> in and vacuums up fungus gnats. Which, by the way, they're gone. They are finally gone. All that hard work I've been doing <laughs> got rid of them. Anyways, just another note for the whole high maintenance or low maintenance, um, just some things with alocasias, and this is kind of general of all houseplants, they do do better if you clean their leaves weekly and they are in a warm, mo moist place, not most place, moist place. You had to say that twice. That's... Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't love that word. I don't think anybody in the world no. loves the word moist. I'm sorry, everyone. Stop. I'm sorry. Just stop saying it. Um, okay, where would you put this alocasia plant? Is it high sunlight, low sunlight, burning sunlight, <laughs> freezing Shoot sunlight? Shoot it to the sun. Um, no, so brown patches will appear on the leaves if it gets too much sun. Um, it's commonly known as leaf sunburn. You want to avoid direct sun. You want to avoid it having near um, a heat register or a vent that spews out heat or AC or even cold drafts. So they, they just need a good stable temperature if possible. Um, I noticed that I had set my alocasia near our um, heating vent because it's winter and heat is coming out of that vent right now. And those leaves that were closest to the vent had started to crisp up around the edges. So I quickly moved it. Hopefully it'll get back to normal, but it is affected by that sort of thing. They will rarely survive cold winters or artificial heating. I don't like, and that's again, if they are too close to one of those vents. They prefer bright and direct sunlight, as do most house plants. So just place it in a spot that is near a window that it can get that indirect sunlight from. Okay. Um, what about watering needs? Do we do we flood it? Do we <laughs> dry it out? Do we give it a normal amount of water as other plants? Yeah, you're going to want to keep the soil moist, not soggy. And I feel like this is a little bit different from a lot of the plants we've talked about. A lot of... Four times, say that word. What? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was I'm like, what word? <laughs> yeah, so a lot of the plants we've talked about, it's usually like let the soil dry out a little bit and then water it. But for alocasias, they do best if their soil is consistently 
a little bit wet. There we go. Is that better? Probably not. Um, I, I'm assuming a lot of you guys listening know what happens to a pothos when you give it a lot of water. Sam, do you oh, know? Yes. Oh, man. Let, what happens? Let me tell you, when I give my pothos too much, it just <laughs> loves it to death. Literally, it will die. No, burnt wrong. <laughs> so when you give a pothos a lot of water, often little drops of water will appear at the ends of the leaves the next day. I don't know if you've ever noticed as you've walked past ours, but that oh, often it's, it's morning happens. pee. Morning pee, gross. No, it's just clear water. Oh. Thank goodness it's oh. not pee. Oh, well, drink lots of water. I guess, yeah. So this whole process is called gutation. Gutation. How would you pronounce that? Um, gutation. No, stop. Uh, I think it's gutation. 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 Actually, that sounds better. Um, They exhibit gutation and they basically sweat. So little droplets of water will be pushed out um, and form, you know, at the, the ends of the leaves. And so this happens with alocasias when you water them it's normal you don't need to worry about it it's it doesn't really mean anything bad it doesn't mean anything good it's just there um you may need to water your plant less in the winter because it's more of its you know a dormant season it's not growing as fast um and this is like something you do with all plants. I, I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot with this. Um, you're just going to be watering your plant according to the level of moisture in the soil. That's always what, what you want to be going for. So keep that soil moist. I know I said that word again. Um, don't let it dry out too much. These plants kind of like a little bit more water than most, it seems. I've also read that hard water can cause spotting on the leaves. So if you notice some like dead spots starting to form on the leaves, go back and think like, what have I been watering with? What have? Let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> think to yourself, what's all those? I think that all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. What have you been watering your plant with? Has it been just tap water? water? <laughs> Has it been water? Mayonnaise? Lava, oh my gosh. Grape juice? So, distilled, filtered, or rainwater is definitely preferred if you're using tap water. Um, those The hard water can cause some problems often with alocasias. So, if you notice some brown spots, just consider that. They do love high humidity, so a pebble tray underneath your plant... Um, it's literally just a tray full of pebbles and you put water in it is a a really good thing to have to kind of keep the humidity up around the plant. I've talked about how I don't think misting your plant really works and I feel like it can kind of um, help fungal infections increase. So I'm not a huge fan of misting. If you have a humidifier, go for it. Like put that there, but misting doesn't do a whole lot. Um, And another reason... Well, I guess we'll talk about this later, but pebble trays are good for more than just the humidity reason. There's a cliffhanger for (laughs) you. Anyways, it also needs a well-draining pot, 
that's something that all houseplants need. Just always get a well-draining pot with them. If you have really droopy leaves, this could be a sign of a watering issue. And if it's not the water and your leaves are droopy, start considering maybe it could be a pest. Consider the lighting. And then lastly, consider its soil if uh, it needs some new soil or something of that nature. Um, what about its fertilizing needs? What so, oh, go you, ahead. What would you use? What kind of fertilizer would you use? How often? And and what? How? I guess that's that's all I have. Sorry. <laughs> that's all you got. Yeah. So you don't need to fertilize your alocasia for at least like six months after getting it from the store. That's pretty standard with most house plants. You get straight from the store. The soil that you buy your plant in is already full of nutrients and they're going to last quite a while. So if you've had your plant for a while and you've never fertilized it, um, you're going to want to go ahead and I would recommend using a 10-15-10 with your alocasia. They are more of a heavy feeder, so I would say about every month during its growing season. Oftentimes, the growing season is in those warmer months where your plant's getting more sunshine and you can you can tell that there's just, you know, there's new leaves, there's more growth, and start fertilizing it about every month. If it's not growing super fast, then just don't worry about fertilizing it. It doesn't need it. It's not pulling up nutrients as quick. But yeah, I would recommend using a 10-15-10 fertilizer. 10-15-10. Mm-hmm. Is that hike? Um, <laughs> I keep saying that. Uh, soil needs. What... What are some of its soil needs? What kind of soil? Uh, what, like, what to do with what it? What to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading, and uh, I some of the articles said that it's really good to aerate your soil every now and then with alocasias. That can be as simple as getting a chopstick from your kitchen drawer and just poking in holes. I would say, you know, every other month or so when considering to repot it and moving it to a bigger pot. Only do this if you see that the roots are significantly outgrowing the pot. Um, then move it up to a pot that's one to two inches bigger than the one that it's already in. Repotting is best done in the spring before there's lots of growth just so that it can quickly grow into that new pot and not have a lot of problems uh, breaking through to like the new area that it has room to grow. Okay, that's similar to other plants. Yeah, other plants then definitely. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about fungus gnats earlier with my snake plant. Mm-hmm. Are there certain kinds of pests that alocasias are prone to? Yes, I found this out and I actually looked at my alocasia and saw that uh, I indeed have some pest problems with it because there's one pest that is super common to alocasia. So if you have one, you might want to go in and look for this one. So they are most prone to mealybugs, scale, and spider mites, normally on the foliage of the plant. And the biggest one 
is spider mites. So once you get one, I highly recommend that you rinse off the stems and the leaves with soapy water. Um, just use a spray and wipe it down with neem oil. Neem as in N-E-E-M. You can find it like online at Walmart. You can find it on Amazon. We can even throw down a link of neem oil because I actually need to buy some to get rid of these little guys that are on the underside of my alocasia. So this is where my cliffhanger comes in. You know how I said pebble trays were a good idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is why they're such a good idea because spider mites really love dry, dusty conditions. So that pebble tray raises the humidity and it can really help those spider mites from coming back because they hate humidity. Um, yeah, okay. so I might need, I might need to get a pebble tray, but spider oh, mites... yeah, sure, yeah, you yeah. have to get a pebble <laughs> I see it. I might not even have to buy anything to make a pebble tray. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, spider mites, just like so you guys know, you may already know this, but I'm going to cover it for those of you who do not. They are very small. We found out that uh, the prayer plant by Sam's desk actually had a few spider mites on it as well. Yeah, I'd see them crawling around on my little yeah. notebook. So you can see them. You can see the adults. Like, they're big enough. The ones that we have problems with, I think they're called red spider mites because they are red. Oh, they're not blue. Yeah. <laughs> but they they are seriously so small. I To take a picture of one, I had to, like, get the little lens magnifying glass and stick it on my phone so that I could properly, like, see what it was. Um, and so when you look on the underside of your leaves, it's it's really hard to see them, but if you look close, you can see like these little, they do kind of look like spiders, but of course they're not a true spider. Um, and the adults, obviously you can see those better and they'll just be kind of moving around. And another great way to see if they're there is the webbing that they create. Um, it helps. I had to do this the other day with my ficus. I was like, is there like a spider just hanging out on this plant? Cause there's just these little webs. And I took a black sheet of paper, put it behind my plant so that I could, you know, have better contrast. And I could see that there were little webs quite a bit around the entire stem of my ficus. And that is a sign of spider mites, just little webbing around the leaves, around the stems, kind of just anywhere. Um, and if you put a black paper behind it, it's easier to see those webs. Okay. Any other tips with pests? No. I would say neem oil is the best way to keep your alocasia healthy and get rid of those spider mites that just seem to love them. Okay. How would you go about propagating? So you love your alocasia so much. Alocasia? Alocasia. Yeah. Ella, allo, ella. Alocasia. Alocasia. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> so you love it so much, and you're like, I wish this little guy had a twin. How would you propagate it? How would you clone this sweet well, little plant? Do you remember what I said about its roots? This is a pop quiz. Oh, I hate pop quizzes. Talked about it. It's like a potato. Oh, it's a tater 
it's a tater root. No. It's a tuber root. Tuber, yes. That was that was so good. So since it does have tuberous roots, similar to how a peace lily is, the way to propagate it is through separation. So literally, this is what you do. You remove it from its pot, you pull away, you shake the soil away the best you can, and you can literally just snap off pieces of the root tubers. Obviously, you want like stems and leaves with the pieces you're snapping off. Um, Or you can cut them with just like a clean knife. And then once you have those separated pieces, you can then replace them back into soil into separate pots and they will start growing from there. Um, Gardeners, there's a lot of like outdoor plants that do well with separation. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, which is embarrassing. (laughs) But usually to go about separating those plants, they will just like dig in a shovel and chop it in half and move that other half somewhere else. For houseplants, we can be a little more gentle. We can remove it from the pot, break it in half, and then separate it into two two different pots. So yeah. Sweet. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. That's a little different than other houseplants, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't... I don't know if we've really talked about that one because we haven't... Have we done a Peace Lily Care Guide? Mm, Podcast? I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe we have. I don't know. So that's the only one off the top of my head that I can think of that you do that with. Um, But yeah, so a lot of the other ones have been through like leaf cuttings, but this one I don't believe you can do that with. Okay. Any extra care tips that you have with this plant? Of course. So always do. Always do. They can go dormant in the winter, especially if temperatures, heaven forbid, in your home fall below 60 degrees. <laughs> Ooh, that would be chilly for inside a house. That's 15 degrees Celsius. Um, the leaves will start to turn black and die, but it will all come back in the spring when it is warmer. So if it's not winter and it's acting this way, put it in a warmer spot with some you know, better temperature conditions. Um, if there are no leaves on your alocasia, you know, they all died, they fell off. Alocasias are great because they can bounce back. You may be thinking like, oh my gosh, I just have this alocasia. It's like nothing. It's just like a dead little thing is what it looks like. But you really just need to wait. Give it a chance. Those thick tubers underneath those the soil, they carry a ton of energy and it can allow it to put out new leaves in the spring. Kind of like how when you leave a potato, you know, in your closet, it will start to, you know, regrow. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with alocasias. They, after time, can shoot out new leaves and stems out of these tuberous roots, which is really cool. So if you think it's dead, just give it a little time. Keep watering it according to you know the moisture level of the soil and it could come back another and my last note is that they do flower so it's like a little spike um similar to a peace lily has a little uh spathe and a spadix which is just you know the terms for that little spike flower uh and if it's pollinated it will produce berries containing seeds 
which I thought oh. was really cool. So you can live off your alocasia. I don't know if you can eat the berries. Oh, then what's the point? To, to make babies of itself. That's why plants do that. Not to be eaten. I guess, you know what, they do produce fruit and berries, things of that nature, so that something will eat it and poop it out, and it will reproduce yeah, somewhere well, else. TMI, well, well that it's just, off. It is just the cycle of nature, Sam. That's what plants do. They make tasty little things with seeds in it so that things will eat it and poop it somewhere else where it can grow. So that is the purpose of a plant, is to make people poop more so that they can live <laughs> yeah. more and more. Not all plants produce edible fruit, like like a maple tree. Its fruit are those little like helicopter seeds that float to the ground. That's mm-hmm. its fruit technically, but you don't want to go eating those. Animals might eat them and then go poop them. <sighs> sure, but Life's I don't know if it's all would about survive. poop. <laughs> you didn't learn okay, anything okay. from this episode. That's what it is. Oh my gosh! Here we are. At the very end of our podcast, talking about poo. Darn it. I've been wanting to get through a podcast without a <laughs> reference to poo. I thought we had one earlier. Maybe not. I don't think well, so. there it is. Yeah, there it is. There you have it, folks. Thanks for listening again to those loyal listeners out there. We love you. Oh, wait. Before we go, I have to mention, guys, that somehow me and Sam got an email that we are numbed number 97 in canada for home and garden podcasts on apple podcast yeah we made it to the top 100 uh but no for real we really just appreciate you guys being here we appreciate it when you guys leave us reviews on apple podcasts i just discovered that that was a thing i knew it was a thing but i just haven't thought about it so far with making this so thank you for everyone who has given us reviews besides the one that said i said um too much because i know i do and i'm really sorry that I do. Please forgive me. <laughs> We're reading the comments. So. We are. So please be nice. Anyways, we love you guys. We will see you next week. Or talk to you. You will listen to us next week. There we go. <laughs> see ya. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Pocket Cast. Also, you can follow us at Tinny Plants on Instagram, Pinterest, or YouTube. Once again, that's Tenny Plants, T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, email us at tennyplants at gmail.com. Or if you're on YouTube, go ahead and comment below and don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.